Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Welcome back to the Surge Strength Podcast, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I have to say, Last week really brought back some memories, so it was pretty cool. We saw the Sub-20 Challenge by Caleb Dressel, where he suited up in a 2008-era fast skin. Uh, They were kind of celebrating the 20 years of the fast skin there, and and Caleb went in, almost broke 20, really close. Uh, Awesome to see that kind of speed right now. I'm so excited to see what he and the rest of the amazing swimmers around the world are going to unleash in Tokyo 2021. But yeah, it got me thinking to back when those super suits first came out in 2008, 2009, and at the time, I was working with a group of professional swimmers that included the likes of Cullen Jones, Mark Gangloff, Margaret Holzer, Jeremy Knowles, all went on to the Olympics in 2008 in Beijing. And of course, Cullen was a part of that amazing Lezak relay come from behind to beat the French to help Phelps secure his eighth gold there in Beijing. But it was really interesting as I was doing their strength training throughout that year. And then the, the super suit, as it was, got introduced And it was almost like a switch went off in terms of swimmers and coaches understanding what you really could accomplish with a strong core. And obviously, there is some buoyancy factor to it. But I think the biggest thing that the super suit taught swimmers and coaches is the importance of a well-constructed core training program and how to approach it. And the super suit kind of allowed you to just throw it on and boom, you got the results of what you could do if you had a regimented, well thought out, structured core training program. And so that's what we're going to cover in our Inside the Surge Strength Academy section. This is coming right from the Surge Strength Dryland Certification. This lesson, I talk about how you can create a basically quote-unquote natural super suit for your swimmers or yourself based on how we approach training the core. And part of that is a a three-dimensional approach as well. So this is just a little bit snippet. Remember, you can enroll at any time to become Dryland certified. We have coaches from all around the world that are in various stages of the courses. Many have already become Dryland certified and are putting it to use with their teams. So that's really awesome to see. But yeah, it's kind of cool to, to reminisce and remember. I remember when those super suits came out and to think of the lessons that it has taught us. And I always bring it back to obviously to Dryland. And so I hope you guys enjoy that inside the Surge Strength Academy section. And then on Dryland Talk, we're going to talk to Chantel, a longtime individual client that's worked with us that we have created Dryland and strength training programs for her through our online platform. And so if you're interested in us working with you, whether you're an individual or a team member, just go to surge-strength.com, fill out a quick form. You can schedule a call with me. We can talk more in detail about it. And especially whether you have restrictions or not, whether you're thinking about having a resolution or a new program, if, if you're thinking about the new year coming up, we just have a lot of people uh, getting onboarded right now in the programs. It's really cool to be a part of their journey and their goals and help them. Because when you really lock down your dryland program, 
it truly unleashes your potential. So we're going to talk to Chantel. She's been training with us for a few years now. And she not only does swimming, she does a multitude of sports, which is awesome for us, keeps us on our toes, making sure we're not just thinking through the swimming mind as well, but she does many other sports. And for her to see the benefit in all sports through the programs that we deliver and we're able to change as she changes. So I'm not, I'm not going to spoil the whole conversation, but that's at the end, the dryland talk. Inside the Surge Strength Academy. The Supersuit Era's Lessons is the topic I'm going to be covering now. Supersuit Era was when swimmers at the elite level were able to put on essentially wetsuits that were able to then break almost every world record in the course of pretty much like a two-year span from 07 to 09. And some world records were even broken multiple times. It was just an obliteration of the record books. Some are still on the books now. Many have been broken since, but there are still some that are set out there that people are wondering, okay, when's that going to get broken? This one in particular with Peter uh, Bitterman with the 400 free uh, world record they broke from Ian Thorpe that no one had touched up until we got to the super suit year. And it's kind of going to be a wonder who is eventually going to break that one because Thorpe's had put it out there so much. But I digress. What changed and why were athletes able to go so fast in this super suit era? The suits allowed them to do two main things that I think then obliterated the world record books. One, the buoyancy factor. Again, it was almost like putting on a wetsuit in that if before you had the suit, you had to work with your body position to float. And then once you put the suit on, especially for guys who are only wearing, you know, uh, speedos jammers or down to that point maybe they had leggings but once they had the full body they were able to just sit on top of the water and that helped an amazing amount in terms of the drag and being able to go through the water quicker the second one though is compression both in terms of just making the bodies a little bit slender but also helping the muscles connect more so that they're able to transfer force through essentially it was a cheater code for increasing your core function or your brace function. And so I'm asking you, if you were to look at these, obviously you know which one wins. And if we just pushed one with equal force, the rubber raft or the hard kayak. But why does the kayak win? It wins because of the tension the plastic has, whereas the raft is with air. So it's a lot more mobile. It doesn't transfer the force as well. So the kayak being solid which is ideally what we want our swimmers to be. You know, I think I'm taking my swimmers from the rubber raft to the kayak when it comes to their midsection. And when they're more tense through here, it helps cut through the water when they're transferring force from their arm through their body all the way out through their legs. And so that's what we want to do, especially in this brace category of exercises, have a solid line through their torso and tension maintain the whole time. On land is the best way and the best environment to work on the core. In the water, it doesn't work as well because you have the buoyancy factor, you're floating around there. It's not gravity on a one-to-one -one response like it is on the ground. But swimming does expose how well your core is functioning and if you can connect it and hold tension. So we wanna use dry land training to work on that so then in the water, swimmers can apply it. They can utilize the strong core that they've been working on. So 
That's also too why in the brace category, we have the three different subcategories in terms of the position that the athlete is in. And it's critical to remember to not just focus in on the prone exercises or even the supine exercises because the prone mimics three out of the four strokes in the position. So don't just focus on those. And of course, it's probably the most common ones, the bridges, the planks, things of that nature. You need to also have vertical exercise in there and supines to round it out and get the full three-dimensional effect. But here's the cool thing is that, yes, the super suits are now gone. That era is long gone. But I believe if you have the right programming, the right exercises, plan it out, you can help your athletes essentially create a natural super suit by using the bracing exercises. And so on land, they can develop that and then they can take it into the water, whether they're slipping into something or not. They can create a natural super suit in terms of the compression and the ability to transfer forces through their midsection when they're in the water. And that's all about how are you programming when it coming comes to the brace exercises and also making sure you're using all of the subcategories. So those are the lessons I think we can learn from the super suit era and how you can apply them in your dryland programming now. Dryland Talk. All right, guys, welcome to another Dryland Talk segment where we have Sarah, one of our Dryland certified coaches, and Chantel, one of the people that's been training with us for a long time. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, Chantel, you're not just a master swimmer because that's typically who comes to us as someone around swimming. Talk to me about all the crazy sports that <laughs> you're into now. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, default is definitely master swimmer. Um, I raced as age grouper from age eight to 13 and then retired at 13 <laughs> as, the breast, as the breaststrokers did back in the 80s. Um, they basically swam us 20 hours a week until you burnt out, right? So, um, so yeah. So, my athletic career, I've always actually I started dryland at 10 years old. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. So, they had us in the weight room back then. And so weights has always been a key integral part of my repertoire with regards to sports. So mm. really I played field hockey in college in Canada. And then from there took up triathlon, did some open water, got back in the pool. And then from there took up golf, um, dabble in <laughs> skiing. Um, now, you know, I'm not, I've had some injuries with regards to running. So, mm. so from there I took up, you know, some strictly bike racing criterium, cyclocross, crazy sport cyclocross. And so I just dabble. And now with COVID, um, it's really hard because, you know, we were in, you know, last, I was going to go to the U.S. Nationals in yeah. Texas and that got all changed. And I was having a really good season up until then um, with some great races in the Seattle, um, Bellingham area. And um, yeah, so it's always been an integral part. I've gone on and off, but no structure program because I have pretty good experience. But um, Kind of how this all kind of came about was uh, um, Mike Collins or Michael Collins in Nova Nova Masters. So that's my U.S. team that I race for because there's a lot of people from Toronto that uh, train there in the winter. And I was at staying at his place, and I saw I was like, "What's this? What's this tier? What's this Ritter thing you got going on?" And so I was reading it, and I was like, "Holy cow!" It's pretty integral. Um, I forgot that you got it connected with us through Mike. That's yeah, yeah, and and. So as we get older, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. And you can feel the difference in terms of you couldn't really race on talent alone. And I'm not huge. <laughs> like in U.S., there's like a huge gap, right, from the guys that are, you know, swam for Div 1 to, you mm-hmm. know, Olympic trial to, quote, provincial at 13 years old, right? 
So there was a huge discrepancy um, with regards to like my racing and the gains that I was having. So I was mm-hmm. getting really stagnant. And so after talking to Michael, I just kind of looked at it and was like, okay, we'll entertain this. And so I kind of pulled the trigger, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah. Yeah. You've been um, with this a while too. Yeah. And uh, even doing it with the Canadian exchange, like the U.S. exchange, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Shanta, I want to go back to, I mean, yeah. you had a, a ton of age group experience, like yeah. probably, probably more than others. I'm curious, yeah. what brought you back into swimming? Was it just the part of it being a part of triathlon? What else is, is there? Yeah, well, after like after um, college field hockey, there wasn't any leagues to really play in in Ontario near Toronto, and so I just went back to my default. And I got in the pool and like, oh, I just can't swim only, right? And so it was really big. Canada was really big in uh, triathlon at the time. Simon Whitfield was come an up and comer in triathlon. Carol Montgomery and all those guys. Peter Reed. So it was one of these. Um, you know, we had a triathlon club in our university and we had kind of a a series university series and then it translated into like the summer so i just kind of you know i i can ride a bike and field hockey i could run and so it just kind of translated from there um and i didn't really get back into like i wasn't ready to get off the blocks again Mm. right and i took probably i think it was 2005 2006 that i was like so almost 15 years ago that i actually decided Okay, let's let's get on the blocks because it's a lactic acid fest, as we know, yeah. right? So, yeah. Well, it probably helps too, I would imagine, you doing these other sports too, right? It's not yeah. like you're just back just doing swimming. No. Talk about how no. that probably keeps your your routine fresh doing all this all these different sports. Well, yeah, it's uh, quintessential. I've got four bikes in this and <laughs> skis and golf and I'm starting archery. And, and what it is is... I think because you're an age group and you raced at that level and you raced 20 hours a week and I dabbled in Ironman, definitely not an Ironman athlete, not built for it, but I dabbled in it and you just kind of, you get in, you, it's just mentally, like what's mentally stimulating at that time and also what fits in your work schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And also the realization that, look, this is for fun, but I've always been a competitive athlete. I don't know any different. I've been mm-hmm. racing since I was eight. I always need to put like a number on or go against the clock just for myself. Mm -hmm. And so all these other sports, skiing is the only one that's kind of, uh, kind of recreational, (laughs) but golf, there's a scorecard, you know, and, but it all requires in order to do it properly requires the strength. Mm. Right. And in order to master it and the master the technique. So, you know, with these sports, I'm very fortunate that I was able to have experience and especially during this COVID area, I can, quote, pivot to the other sports if I need to, right? Um, which is, you know, golfing is the best social distance sport, yeah. right? And many swimmers, I actually have a few swimmers that do golf, but many of my cyclist friends don't understand it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but once you carry your clubs yeah. and you golf 18, like, yeah, it's a pretty good workout. But yeah, so I'm very fortunate to be able to, like, get up in the morning, like, structure programs, great, go to swim practice, do dry mm-hmm. land but also change it up so you don't take those sports for granted and you don't get stagnant. Sarah, I want to bring you in here. What's it like writing a program for someone like Chantel that has so many different (laughs) things she's in and and doing? What's it like from a a coach perspective? Hey, Chris. Well, it's definitely always keeping me on my toes to train someone (laughs) like Chantel. (laughs) She's very athletic and she's always – 
on top of it with a whole bunch of different activities like golf, archery, swimming, cycle cross, and, um, you know, just writing the dry land program for her is fun because, you know, in some sports she's in an off season while other sports she's in mm. the in season. And you were talking, we were talking just before she logged on about just the different places you've been doing workouts, Chantel, especially with COVID. <laughs> Sarah, what's that like having to program? It's not like she's just doing a workout. It sounds like in the same place every time and for different sports. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool that we have the app where we, you know, put all the workouts in because I can leave a lot of notes. Like uh, if she's training at home one day and maybe I'd leave a note like, hey, if you make it to the gym this day or if, <laughs> you know, the gym's open again today, you can always swap out this exercise or whatnot. So we keep the, the theme of the training um, on target with her goals, but then we change the modalities of it based on where she's mm -hmm. training. Chantel, you, you said you've had dryland experience, you know, since you were eight or 10. It's mm -hmm. not like you're, you know, what's, what's this, the weight room here? You're, you know, mm -hmm. your way around it. What's that like to have a coach though, to be able to help you just deal with the complexity of COVID and all these different sports? Well, well, I think the biggest thing, and Sarah and I talked about it earlier this week is, is I know all the equipment. But also it helps that I manage fitness stores for six years. So I sold all of it. So I pretty much know every single piece. But what I, and the reason why I reached out to, to Ritter with your guy, your organization a couple of years ago was I just don't, I, like I never took personal training. I was a group fitness instructor for spin classes and stuff. I don't know how to put it all together, mm. right? I don't know how to periodize. I can get an idea, but am I lifting too heavy? Now we're kind of in the, perpetual off season. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like it's a permanent taper, you know, like it, in a way. Um, but with that, you know, we can, Sarah and I communicate extremely well in terms of what you have. Like when I was at home, I used my stairwell and used it as a platform for box jump. <laughs> like it kind of got inventive where I was like, okay, I can get the same explosive movements and plyos you know, and so like, I'd have, I have people from my building come up the stairs from laundry and they'd be like, what are you doing? Ah, just doing box jumps. You know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay, I'm in the hallway doing like, doing, you know, knee, like uh, high knees and all that kind of stuff. And they just got used to it. They're like, oh, here she goes again. But at the gym, I literally, we joked about it. It's like, I'm a zombie. I look at train heroic mm. programs <laughs> listed. I just go through it like a zombie and just, like I'm so laser focused on the workout and I swear like some people must look at me going like, what is she doing? And she's like, boom, 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 boom. You know, where a guy is sitting on, you know, average Joe sitting on the squat rack for five minutes waiting for his next set. And I'm just like, let's go, let's go. Like, come on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really easy for me to, to know my way around a gym been doing it for a long time, but I didn't know how to put the program together. Mm. Looking yep. back, especially cause you have been training with us for a few years. Mm -hmm. Is there a big accomplishment or some things that stand out where you realize, man, because I had the strength, like you said, because I've yep. been able to get strong. Yep. What's that look like for you? Well, um, the biggest key is I was, you know, when I started with you guys, uh, I was literally two months later. And okay, you're ready. You're sitting down. You're going to laugh because, sorry, you weren't part of that. But um, January 2019, I was at work and I got smoked in the head by a seagull while I was at work. So I had a concussion and then full neck problems for six months. And I couldn't elevate my heart rate very high. And, right. and our workers' compensation was laughing. They're like, really, this happened? And yeah, it did. So basically, a seagull was dive bombing for a piece of bread. I was in its way and I got hit. 
And so the program actually, because I can only elevate, I had to do concussion protocol, mm -hmm. right? And I couldn't elevate my heart rate that high. I, I get on the bike and I'd be like dizzy. So dry land was the, the only thing that kept me sane and it kept me um, strong, right? It actually made me recover and it was, it was a godsend, right? And then it, from there, I just continued it and I continued the strength. And then I was doing almost best times in six years coming off that season. So in terms of like October, 2019, um, because I was consistently doing dry line and couldn't get the cardio up. Once I was able to do get back in the pool, um, it just, you know, that was, that was pretty much. And I literally say to people, I'm like, it had to do with dry line. Like there is no <laughs> if, ands or buts in terms of the strength, um, just the core, just in terms of, um, yeah, everything. Yeah, Chantal, I feel like that's the biggest thing. Once people realize what you've known for a long time of like, hey, I know the strength needs to be a key factor, right? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, most people think they equate getting stronger with, I need to be huge, right? And that, yeah. that's not the case, especially for someone you like it. Most of your events are around some type of endurance level, right? Like it's not yeah. you're doing 50 meter sprints. What would you say to athletes out there that are listening that still haven't made that connection that you have? Like, how do you talk to them about what dryland and strength training enables you to do in all these other sports? Well, I think, especially in cyclocross, I don't know if many people know what this crazy sport is, but you basically, you, you're redlining for 45 minutes. You're trying to navigate all these different barriers and off-road and mud and trying to keep it rubber side down. <laughs> um, and with that, the biggest thing was the, the, the stability on the bike and the core aspect mm. um, and be able to be agile and explosive. Um, it really translated from the pool, like my reaction time off the blocks, the push-offs off the wall, the underwater, the core aspect was, was huge, like in terms of the explosive movements. And then it definitely translated into, because I'm going cyclocross, I'm going 45 minutes, mm. but I've transitioned to, yeah, actually 50 meter in the pool, like 50 fly, 100 IM. 100 IM is the best master's event ever. Yes. I love it. Um, and so 100 fly, so I do 50 fly, 100 fly. Sometimes I double if I'm in feeling shape, 200 breast. Um, but 100 IM, 50 fly, 100 fly. Those are my mm -hmm. events. And I'll, and I'll race six events in a two and a half hour, three hour time frame in a master's meet. I'll, I'll just do the full entry and I can get through that. Right. Mm. Um, I think because of the endurance and because of the strength and, uh, yeah. So it's helped me, you know, Sarah's like golf really. So <laughs> worked on the core, um, aspect, um, being very, and what dry land does, it makes you so body aware. It mm. makes you, you know, I've always been told, engage your core, engage your core, scapula set. And you're like, okay, fine. But once you actually realize the, how it translates into your performance and body wear and you fatigue less. Mm. Sarah, what makes Chantel such a good athlete to work with? Why is she getting these results from your perspective as a coach? Chantel has a lot of trust for me. She just, <laughs> <laughs> whatever I give her, she's willing to try, which is like my favorite part about working with her. Um, and she's willing to take the ideas I give her and put her own twist on them and um, make them creative and in her own way. But so I take something simple and I try to make it, you know, fun and tailor it to what she likes to do. Mm. Um, because I'm also a group fitness junkie like Chantel and we like our no. fun, creative exercises, but I still try to keep it simple as far as like functional, you know, exercises that basically every swimmer should be doing. So 
Um, I have fun making up the programs for Chantel because we have similar tastes, but also because I know she's going to buy into it and, and do it all the way through. And then I know if it really works or not because she's invested in it. Mm. That's cool. Sarah, do you have a specific example from the last few months, whether it be COVID or a different sport you guys were focusing on something like that? Oh, um, there's been so many things. Um, <laughs> the box jumps in the stairwell. I still don't understand how you do that. I kind of want you to video that for me. Because I, actually, <laughs> I actually do have a video of it. I put it in right. and um, literally, so the stairwells, it has actually, it's carpeted, it's padded floor. And on the top of it, there's a platform and then like, cause I'm on the third floor and there's only three floors in my apartment building. So literally it would be two steps up to a nice soft platform. So it's really <laughs> pushy. Um, and because of the forward movement, you know, I was able to land pretty good and, and the step ups I do at the bottom platform. So I do two step ups and yeah, you just got, you got, inventive and just like okay this is what i got to work with what 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 is similar to a box jump okay two okay maybe three steps is a little ambitious mm. i might go back down so you just you know was it as high as as the platforms probably not but it was something right yeah and There's i just it just felt in it box jumps for me are empowering i'm at mm -hmm. the gym and the guys are doing it using them to like sit down squats right and i'm actually <laughs> using them for what they're supposed to be used for like i rarely do i see anyone at the gym doing box jumps rarely right so yeah super fun yeah we also had a really fun set a couple months ago where we i did i gave you like a golf specific yeah. swim specific cycle yeah. specific um yeah. like little supersets to put in your workout i thought that was yeah. fun yeah exactly exactly so and then get ups was like my favorite like oh, oh man. yeah 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 so i'm really the thing about is it I think the key is communication and mm. not being afraid to put comments in there and not being afraid to give feedback because what you don't know, you don't know, and you can't mm. adjust or change what you like, you don't like, and how to keep yourself engaged, right? And being honest. Like if you're not feeling it that day and you only do one round or two rounds, it's better than no rounds, right? Um, but it's also, you know, time frame and schedule and stuff. But we communicate it because like if you, if you just, you know, hit everything on trainer heroic, but you only do half of it. And you don't see the gains. Well, that's probably why, right? Um, you know, people are so worried about filling out the form. They're not realistic about, you know, what they did and how they felt and, you know, and communicating if things are tweaked, if you're sore, all that kind of stuff and being realistic. Right. And so. Yeah, Chantal, I think especially for masters athletes, that's such a wise statement about, like you said, hey, some days you may not feel it. And guess yep. what? One set's better than three. Instead of yep. just do something and, and take the long game approach, and yep. especially someone like yourself, we could see that over the years, you just keep getting better. What would you say out there to athletes or coaches that haven't connected with us for a dryland program? What, what would you tell them about it? Well, first of all, people ask me who does who's your trainer, and I always say <laughs> Ritter. Um, so, especially here in Canada, like I've been a proponent for you guys all the time. Um, I think it's it's it, it's hugely important because I even with the dryland, I'm getting back into workouts, right? Like mm. 2,500 meters for you know an hour workout, and. I haven't been in a static workout. Like I've just been lollygagging myself. I go in for 45 minutes and just kind of like, it's probably at 50, 60%, come a couple of sprints, whatever. And then I, but last couple of weeks I've been back with a club mm. and 
I actually was able to do 2,500, no problem, because I felt that I had the core, I had the strength, right? Maybe not the cardio, but it, but I still could get through a workout with not being completely fatigued. Mm. And especially like I'm 47, it, there is no, again, you can't get away on sheer talent. I think a lot of people put in the pool mileage and junk mileage and they're wondering why they're not getting any gains and they're tired. <laughs> if they'd actually take the approach of, of really, um, you know, instead of <laughs> like, I've actually, since I started, I think I'm, I, you know, I know Sarah and I talked about the whole weight thing, but I've leaned out, like I'm down mm. consistently, I think close to 10 pounds. Right. Wow. And, um, have I been doing the mileage in the pool? No. Mm. It's leaning out. Mm -hmm. It's more powerful. It's, it's looking at a good balanced diet. Um, and then, you know, once we get into, you know, swim season, if that ever happens in terms of racing again, you get those mile, you'll get the mileage back, but the dry land, right. You're, you're not going to get that the gains in the pool these days. If you don't have the dry land, like Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm a proponent for it, especially in older athletes. Right. No, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Chantel, thanks so much for coming on. Sarah, is there anything that we yeah. missed yet that you want to pop in as a coach or just experience with Chantel or any other athletes out there listening? I just think, uh, just to piggyback off what Chantel said, I think communicating with your coach is just so important because, mm-hmm. you know, our job is to make workouts specifically tailored to you and we only can do that if we know you. So one mm-hmm. thing I really push about Chantel is her um, willingness to be vulnerable with me to share, you know, things that are going on, um, in her life as well as in her workouts that make me kind of get a bigger picture for Mm -hmm. what phase she's in. I mean, there's a lot of online programs out there, but what I like about our system is we actually take the time to get to know you, Mm -hmm. um, versus just talking through an app. So, you know, our, our calls that we do, our check-ins, even though we, ha- we use a lot of virtual communication through comments, I still have a sense of who Chantel is because, who Chantel is because she lets me into her life. So I think a lot of coaches would do a better service if they had you know, more people like Chantel willing to open up and just share with them and, and keep them on the same page. That's awesome. Chantel, thanks for being such a great athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, well, hopefully we get get faster. I was getting faster with age. This year was a really good year. I was looking forward to Texas, but uh, they're always swimming will always be there. You know, right. uh, you know, you, you go to these meets and you see nine year olds still in the blocks. God, <laughs> I wish I. We all ask. They get the biggest cheers at the masters meets. It's amazing. So, you know, if we keep going and keep doing dry land till I'm ninety, yeah. So I'll be happy. Exactly. We'll have to have you on next year when we finally get some swim meets and we'll have to see uh, how the times look out. I cannot wait. The first place when the Canadian U.S. borders open up, I'm going to SoCal. Well, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going go. to Nova. Everyone's like, we can't wait to have you. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So That's awesome. We'll tell Mike hi when you finally make it down there. Chantel, yeah, thanks for coming on. Sarah, thank thanks you. for joining us. Yes, thank you guys. Bye. Have you joined the Surge Strength Academy yet? It's now free to enroll in the Surge Strength Academy and raise your dryland IQ. Visit surge-strength.com to learn more and enroll today. That's surge-strength.com to enroll in the Surge Strength Academy. The goal of Surge Strength is simple. Build better athletes to generate faster swimmers.